This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And along with Charlie, the sous chef of the garden, and that would be uh, yours truly, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you. Hey, Frank. How you doing? Charlie. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I want to give the phone numbers first, but we have a couple of shout-outs to do. We do, and we want to talk about the weather. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, if you're in the Toronto area and like to get a hold of Charlie and ask her a question or tell her some interesting little tidbit about your garden or what's going on there, all right, here's the phone number, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know, our young man who is... Uh, and I, I believe he's still available on the dating scene, you know? Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So anyway, <laughs> good-looking guy, and so you'll be talking to him very shortly when you call in. Let him know if you're a first-time caller, and when you arrive on the airwaves here... You'll hear that first. You're a little yeah. welcoming. You'll get your wings. That's right. Garden wings, as yeah. it were. And uh, the only mantra we've got is uh, call early, call often. One question per call. You can always call back again. That's right. Or yeah. Patrolman Proctor. Uh, I'll pull you over to the side of the road and give you a ticket. That's yes, right. indeed. And it's not pretty when he does that. Now, a couple of shout-outs. All right. What a fun... Well, yeah, after, after our show, folks, I think most of you know by now, we always head to High Park to the Grenadier Restaurant mm-hmm. and have a little brekkies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... You're buying today. Yeah, I know. Steak and eggs. Oh, geez. Yeah, she's <laughs> going to up it now. Um, and last week was kind of funny. Uh, Jen, yes. one of our favorite waitresses there, came mm-hmm. running over the table. She wasn't even serving our table. No, I know. But she came running over. <laughs> oh, I heard you guys were here. Oh, you've got to say hi to someone. You've got to say hi. I said, okay, okay. Well, y- yeah. Yeah. Carry on. So I believe it's her aunt. That's, I believe you're right. Yeah. Jean Sachiko, who is an avid listener to not only this program, but I think of the radio station in general. So good morning, Jean. Thank you so much for yeah, your ears. Being an we avid listener. That. Yeah. And uh, you have a little shout out to do yourself. Well, I have two. One okay. was, I just wanted to mention at Christmas, you brought me this box of the most delicious, yeah. just, ooh, mouthwateringly delicious chocolate um, almond bark. Oh and so it was milk God. chocolate, there was dark chocolate, there was mm-hmm. white chocolate, and it was so good. And I was hiding it from my family, <laughs> and I rationed it out one piece at a time. And I told you yesterday that I finished it the night before, yeah. I had the last bit. But it was specially made by a woman in Newmarket yes. named Joan Love. And her tagline is, for the love of it. Yeah, great. And it was great. And I thought, you know, I just, you know, if Joan's listening or if anybody knows who Joan Love is, I tell you, 
What a get, lovely gift. Get some chocolate. Yeah, now she doesn't yeah. have a website, but she does have a phone number. So it's Newmarket 905-727-4005. So, you know, yummy. Thank you yummy. again. You're welcome. I appreciate and it. Joan's, Joan's a good friend. She's a great uh, gal. Yeah, she's a good baker, a good cook. She sure is. Okay, so one more. I need to one more shout out. And All this right. is to a student, a gentleman who was my student at Humber College yep. two years ago named Robert Fraser. And he, I know he listens pretty consistently, so hopefully he's listening right now. I just want to say hello and thank you again. Uh, I started teaching again this past week. So Thursday I had my first class with the the new crop of students. And one of the things I do on the first day of class is we take a walk through the college from where we're located in the greenhouse. We go for like a 15-minute walk. It's a big campus to an amazing green wall, a living wall that is four stories high and, you know, 200 feet wide. And it's in the Guelph Humber complex. So it's there in the college, but it's part of the the Guelph Mm. Humber building. So it was Robert Fraser who first told me about it, but there was no way in the world I was going to be able to find it. So he put together this lovely little treasure map for me, and he took photos along the route, and and on the map he's numbered where all the photos are. So I can very confidently go for this 15-minute walk, acting like I know where I'm going, but really I was using Robert's directions. <laughs> there <laughs> so you go. I really appreciate that. He sent that to me, and the students were quite, you know, awestruck by the, by the wall. So thanks again, Robert. I appreciate it. Excellent. Okay. Well, we've got the lines open. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Brenda on line one here, and uh, other lines to, uh, to get to, by all means, give us a call, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie shall return. Well, she's not gone anywhere. <laughs> she's still sitting, sitting right here. And she'll be along to talk to you in just moments on Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show. From Liberty Village, we're broadcasting live and direct. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And they were coming around to 9.15, about, uh, oh, I'd say 45 minutes an hour ago. You were uh, on the way down here to the station. Well, I wondered if you hit yeah. as thick a fog as I did, because uh, you're coming from a little further north than me. Yeah, up in the uh, Newmarket area. Um, <coughs> it was it was thick, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be very oh, honest really? with you. I, I was surprised. I mean, it was... Yeah. Around my house, it was like, oh, I can see fine. But as soon as I got out on the road, it was like, woo! <laughs> you can't actually see that far. But it's it's not a big deal downtown. Yeah, at dissipating. All. Uh, yeah, certainly the downtown. Area. But yeah, thick, so slow going, and uh, take your time. Give yourself plenty of time if you're driving Absolutely. this morning. Oh, and a note to Shirley. Thank you for your note. Uh, Joan Love lives in Aurora. Right, New Aurora, Market. Newmarket. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Shirley, <laughs> Don't give, yell a call. At me for that. give a call because I want you to tell everybody what happened to our Amaryllis. Okay, and <laughs> well, then you can tell too. Well, I know, but right. I want her to do that. Let's talk to Brenda. All right, Brenda. Hello, and welcome to the show. Good morning. I'm morning. So glad you made it through the fog. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, thick. Charlie, um, I recently acquired something called a rabbit's foot fern. Oh, I love it. Yep. Oh, in a little hanging basket yeah, thing. Sweet. It's about a six-inch pot, mm-hmm. very, very full, and there's these little dangly feet hanging I know. Those around are the... the pot. I know. Sweet. Are, are they roots? Yes, what they are. They? Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Yeah, it was that. If it, once it gets more mature, the whole pot can get covered in those rabbit's feet, those oh, little furry that, roots. 
and it doesn't hurt them to be outside like that. Oh, not at all. It needs, they do that on purpose. And what will happen sometimes, too, if it's a happy plant and the humid, it's all about humidity with that plant. So mist it if you can or put it in a spot in your your home where you have, you know, a bathroom or a kitchen if you can. It it needs a bright spot, but by no means no direct sunlight. Just bright. It's in a, a, actually, it's in a a west-facing window, so it's not that bright. Oh, well, west is pretty bright in the afternoon. Yeah, it, it, but it is a fern. I've got ferns outside that are in sort of shady areas. That's right. I was going to say, it doesn't need to be in the west window. It can be, you know, no, five or right ten in. feet away. No, it's a bit further back. Um, oh, that's good. Yep. yep. So Perfect. there's no special care that it needs then? Well, ferns, uh, like I say, it's all about the humidity, so okay. misting, um, right. considering humidifiers, that sort of thing. Uh, check it. It does not want to ever dry out entirely because you'll, right. you'll lose the fronds. Okay. It, it's a bit tough to kill the plant, but um, it will die if it <laughs> if it's, remains dry for too long. One more, one more thing, please. Uh, can I take it outside in the summer? You can, but make sure you've got it in the shade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It'll, okay. It would like the humidity outside in the summer. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, they're neat plants. All right. You're Brenda. welcome. Thank you, and uh, thanks for calling in. I should show you a picture mm-hmm. of a rabbit's foot fern. A uh, rabbit's foot uh, fern. Yeah, yeah. They're, right. they're quite cool. All right. Um, but you want to... Oh, see- my God. Uh, Shirley, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> Charlie has yes. just brought up yes. uh, the uh, green wall. Yeah, at Humber. At Humber. I know, My it's God, amazing, eh? It is amazing. It's huge. If you've got a computer handy, folks, just just go to uh, Humber. College. Humber Living Wall. It's just okay, a living, living wall. wall. Yeah. Uh, you, like, you got to understand what this is all about. It's a wall, four mm-hmm. stories high, you know, 100 yeah. feet wide. It's all tropical plants growing on that vertical wall. It's a hydroponic system, so water trickles down through and pumps up and trickles down. The idea is that it's to remove some of the um, volatile organic compounds from the air. So the off-gassing from photocopiers, printers, computers, rugs, paint, all that sort of stuff – Plants filter that out. So it cl- this, these plants clean the air. Mm-hmm. They uh-huh. add humidity, obviously, in the wintertime, making it a n- much nicer place. It's right in the library there, so it's a yeah. nice place to study. And they cool the, the whole building in the summer, all those plants. Oh, that's a well, clever. Yeah. 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 It's actually it's neat, eh? working to benefit the world, huh? That's right. Well, for the people in that area, yeah. for sure. So, you know, if I ever had to do any studying in a library at Humber, that's where I would go. All righty. Uh, Ruth in Guelph, thank you for giving a call and getting through. Uh, welcome to the show. Good hi, morning. Yeah, Good, morning. Good morning. Good uh, morning. I have a question about amaryllis bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that you uh, cut the stem off once they've finished and leave the leaves. That's to, right. Uh, yep. Uh, make nice new food for the bulb. Right. What do you do if they're three and four years old and the leaves are still lovely and green and they've taken over my sunroom and I now have a jungle with all these amaryllis bulbs? All in one pot, I assume. Oh, no, no. Oh, there are many pots. Many I pots. keep and hoping they will die down and so on, but they never do. So it's been that long. They've been green plants for that long in, yes. your, in your sunroom. And no flowers. Oh, I had flowers, I but then say. they finished, so I just set them out, waiting for the leaves to die down, but they have never died down. Okay, because you are providing optimal conditions for this plant, it doesn't want to go to sleep. It doesn't want to go dormant because you are providing the light and the water, and it's just a happy plant to keep on growing. 
If you want to force this plant into dormancy, then in end of August, third week of August, stop watering all of them. Just stop watering. No water. And what will happen is the soil will dry. Eventually the leaves will turn yellow and shrivel up and dry up and blow away. And you will leave those plants with no water for the 8 to 10 week resting period. And some people say, don't do anything until you start to see growth. Other people say, well, after 8 to 10 weeks, water once and you'll see some growth. And it should be a flower that you see first. But, yeah, you sometimes just have to force them to go to sleep. All right. At this point, do I just leave them alone there and put them outside in the summer mm-hmm. and leave them out there, or do I keep them in the house then until I would, August? Well, if they're taking over your house, I would go out for the summer for sure. Okay. And then what you would do is bring them, if you have a porch or a garage or someplace where you can bring them out of the weather so that they're not going to get rained on in late August and let them just go dormant in that covered shed or, like I say, garage, whatever, and let that whole dormancy thing happen that way. That's probably what I would do. Oh, and uh, Ruth, uh, I'm sorry, we uh, neglected to give you the bell ring here. Oh. My gosh, you're a first-time caller. First-time caller. Yes. You need your wings. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> what a good way to start the morning. Well, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. Thanks so much for calling. Don't Thank you. be a stranger. Yeah. And that leaves lines open, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. A darn good time to call. If you've been trying to get through before, this would be an excellent time. You're almost guaranteed to get through to Charlie. Uh, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. When we come back, Charlie, uh, after a few words from our fine sponsors, I'm going to show you my amaryllis and, and tell you what happened to it. All right. And oh. Oh, Oh, we do have to go for a break because I want yeah, to see yeah. this is a rabbit's foot fern. See the oh, little yeah, furry yeah, yeah. roots? Oh, it does. Yeah, it does and, they're, like, and you, uh, you can pet them. They're like little rabbit's feet. They're oh, furry. that's kind of weird. They're sweet. <laughs> well, you remember <laughs> rabbit's feet? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, the whole good yeah, luck yeah, thing. That's, that's where right. the name yeah. comes from. Yeah, well, and golly, I've you forgotten all chains, about that. Keychains, right? Kid, and all colors. Those, yeah. yeah, exactly. Holy cow, remember? yeah. <laughs> Bringing back memories of long, long ago. I know. <laughs> so that's what a rabbit's foot fern looks like. It's a, and it's a pretty plant. Okay. Uh, we are going to continue, of course, uh, of course, here on the old Garden Show. 923, back in just a moment uh, on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, uh, Dale, in Toronto, just hold on for just a second. We're going to come right to you. Because, because. <laughs> Frank the Gardener wants to share with us well, his experience. I just brought up the picture of my Proud amaryllis. Daddy experience. Holy mackerel. This amaryllis that Caroline of uh, DeVries, Flower, Flower Bulbs, bulbs for are, us, are us gave us, gave us each a uh, I bought amaryllis. them, actually, but no, I'm kidding. Oh, did you? I, did, I bought oh, some, you. plus she gave oh, us some. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, this thing... It was, I, I couldn't believe it, because I usually kill things. You know, I got a black thumb. No, you anyway, don't. There's no such thing. <laughs> this darn thing grew like it was over two feet high. I know. And so we get up one morning, and bingo, the thing's broken right in half. Well, the flowers are so, big flowers, oh. they can get so top-heavy, and yeah. it's, a, it's a hollow flower stem. Right. So just a tiny bit of you know, wilting, a little bit, you know, softness because it needed water. Yeah. And all of a sudden, wham, the whole thing goes over. Yeah. But you guys did the right thing. You then severed the flower 
stem yeah. in half where the, the, the bend had happened, rather than trying to prop it up at that point, yeah. just sever it, get it into some water. And it's doing fine. And Well, I have read that yeah. the flowers of amaryllis last longer as a, as a cut flower uh-huh. than they do attached to the bulb. Wow. So, it, you know, not a bad thing. But it does look funny because you've got oh, yeah. your, your bulb, no leaves just yet. Just in a glass of water and all these beautiful flowers. Well, I know, but what's in the pod. Oh, the pod the, is just a huge it, stem. Uh, this, like a hollow green <laughs> stem with nothing on top of it <laughs> yeah. and no leaves at all. But yeah. it, you know what? That's your second flower. So you may get a third flower stem because those wow. are top quality bulbs that we got from Carolyn DeFries. And I would highly recommend if you're looking for amaryllis, consider purchasing from her company, Flower yeah, Bulbs R Us. at least two stems. Well, and yeah. what does she say? Like, um, you know, uh, something about, you know, retail or, you know, trade prices, you know, top quality, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So they, you are getting very, very good deals and t- totally top quality plants. Okay. Well, again, thank you, Caroline, for the, that wonderful gift. All righty, to Dale in Toronto on the line right now. Hello, Dale. Welcome to the show. Morning, uh, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, during the winter, we go away for five weeks. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of house plants, and we turn the heat down mm-hmm. to about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Good. We take all the plants, and we put them in front of kind of these sliding doors. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor comes in, and she finds she really only needs to water them two, maybe three times. I believe it, at 50 degrees, yep. Yeah, okay. And actually, they like it. Mm. You know, when we come back and mm. we turn the heat up, they're way better than other years, yeah. I think, when they haven't done this dormant thing. Uh-huh. Now, the question is, in one of our upper rooms, we have beams, and on top of the beams, we have uh, eight plants. Uh-huh. And so to water them, we climb up on the ladder. Uh-huh. Well, so for this winter thing, we climb up on the ladder, we hollow the plants down, and we wow. take them down to the window. Mm. We're getting a little lazy here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering if the ones on the beams, if I just left them up there and gave them a good water so they would only be watered once, mm-hmm. will it work? Probably. What, um, they are trailing plants, I assume? Yeah, they're like spider plants and... Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, 50... Now, is, is there skylights or something there? Is there yeah, the I game? mean, it's an upper bedroom and there's mm. lights and we can leave the drapes partly... I mean, there's not lights, there's mm. windows. Right. And we leave the drapes partially open. Mm. And the plants do fine normally. And how often do you water those plants generally when you're at home with the temperature higher? They probably would need it every 10 days, but to be honest, we don't get up there till like two weeks or something. Yeah. Well, better to err on the underwatering rather than overwatering. So the question is, can they survive five weeks? What I would do is I'd water thoroughly before you go. Likely they're pretty tough plants up there anyway. Like you said, spider plants, pothos, um, so many of the trailing plants are happy to dry right down thoroughly between waterings. So it's just going to be one of those things that when you get home, before you even unpack your bags, you're going to hollow the ladder and climb up and, and do a watering while, uh, yeah, I mean, you unless you can... Yeah, they would survive. I mean, they do come back when they're... Yeah. Really dry. Well, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if they're wilted and, and flopped down, often, you, you know, it's, it's most plants will survive that process. And like I said, it's always better to under rather than overwater. Right. Okay. okay. Unless you can convince the neighbor to go up the ladder maybe once while you're gone, maybe after three and a half. Yeah, I don't weeks. want to ask her to go up the ladder. Yeah. It's a bit, that's a bit much. Yeah, probably. I would haul the plants down again. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, don't worry. I, I think it'll be fine. It, remember, it, all, it, it does depend to some extent on the size of the pots. The, when yeah. plants are mm-hmm. in bigger pots, there's more soil available, so you can water thoroughly, and, and the plants will have that access to that moisture uh, until it dries down. If they're ready to be repotted and they've got very little soil left and lots of roots, then it's a little trickier in terms of how long they can go without watering. Yeah, well, and some of them have that kind of self-watering tray underneath oh, even the better. pole, so you yeah. can fill that up, too. Sure. Good idea. Okay. All right. Thank you good. so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Dale. Thanks for your call. Yeah, well, welcome to the show anytime here on uh, AM 740 Zoomer Radio and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Uh, had a call uh, just now from Sebastian, our, our guy in the control room, right? Oh, so he tells know. us that uh, Norm called in and wanted to know the number of Stokes Seeds, our fine sponsor. Uh-huh. So uh, I looked it up real quickly. Oh, are and, you, yeah, Mr. Oh, Research? Oh, Ooh, you, baby. <laughs> it's 1-800-263-7233, okay? one 800 263 There are 296 Collier Road in, in Thorold, which is just, yeah. just an adjacency to uh, St. South Catharines. St. Catharines. And open today till 4.30. So okay, yeah. Now, notice as well that they, you can get a free seed catalog from Stokes, yeah. uh, and they do a lovely catalog. They have lovely seeds. Um, so you can get a free seed catalog. You can also order online. Mm-hmm. So stokesseeds.com is the homepage, and, uh, and there you are. You've got the retail store there. Uh, you've got the free catalog, and then you can order pollinator-friendly f- flowers. Yeah, too. well, themes, right? Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of themes uh, out there, so they've got special collections, and one of the special collections are pollinator-friendly flowers. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, phone lines are open four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto. Anywhere else, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's go back to the lines right now. There's Tom in Brantford. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Um, I was wondering if I could take advantage of the nice mild weather and prune my apple trees, or is it just too early? I would be inclined to wait another month, if you can. Okay. Because you're fine. right, it is pretty pretty great weather, but you also know it's going to get cold again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then. Thank you kindly. Ah, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. I'm oh, glad Tom go. brought up the weather, because I've been really sort of tracking that as well. It's strange, eh? It sure is. I mean, here we are... Uh, Obviously in Toronto, and we have a high today of 5 degrees, but I understand it's going to be up to 12 degrees in Windsor. What the heck is going today. on? Now, it is drizzly, rainy, that sort of thing. The good thing is that it's going to cool off again. Yeah. If we stayed well above zero for mm-hmm. a, an extended period of time, you know, a week or 10 days, then that would be, that would really toast a lot of our f- spring flowering plants because they would start to grow. Yeah. They're going to respond to all that warmth. Because we are definitely going to get more winter. Yeah, exactly. You know? So the last thing you want to see your magnolias starting to crack open their yeah. buds or forsythia starting to turn yellow. That's the last thing we want to see. So, I mean, it's exactly. great that we are seeing uh, cooler weather coming, but for now it is certainly uh, very mild and uh, and quite humid out there. Okay. Now, there's somebody online from Unionville. I'm a little confused about the name. Ridey, is that correct? Good morning. Yes. Ridey. Okay, I've never heard the name before. Oh, okay. That's cute. All righty. Thank you for calling in. Uh, okay. Go right ahead. Okay. Hello, uh, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have an um, Ansorium plant. Uh-huh. And um, I've had it for a lot of years now, maybe six years or so. And um, it it was in a net. Oh, it is in a narrow uh, vase, mm-hmm. glass vase. Yeah. 
uh, and um, I've had it so long now that it is several inches above the vase now, and um, I uh, just don't know, do I uh, transplant it into a taller one, or can I cut the roots off? Or So is it just so the vase is now full of roots? Yes. Yeah, I bet it is. Well, it's eh, a good question. What should you do? You could do either of the above. You could move it into a larger glass container, mm-hmm. leaving the roots intact, obviously, um, fresh water. And do you do that now? Do you freshen the water every couple of weeks or you just add water? I just add water. Oh, good. It's so, and does it flower for you? Yeah, it, it has been flowering, you know, for five years or well that's great yeah they do like their moisture there's no question in the pot we we like to keep them on this the moist side as well yeah Um, no this is uh you know i just add water and mm -hmm. i can see because it's a glass vase Mm -hmm. i can see whether it needs water yeah but it's just uh as i say the roots now are um or the um it's grown several inches above Mm -hmm. and uh i just wondered it doesn't look so nice when you see, you know, the um, the stem because, of course, the leaves have been uh, falling off as the years go by, right. and uh, you just have the stem above. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, that is kind of what happens. I mean, it, it, it as the years have gone by, it has the new growth. Of course, is the taller growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The older growth is at the bottom, so it will slowly but surely become a taller plant over time, which yeah. is obviously I what's happened. I don't know if I should, you know, what to do uh, with well, it. Well, like I said, you you could get a different uh, glass container. Just get a taller one. Mm-hmm. Keep the roots intact and just swap over into the larger container, and that will help hold it upright as well because it's going to have a tendency to kind of grow off and, uh, angles without that sta- stability that the, the vase is currently providing. Um, so a taller vase is not a bad idea. Or, I mean, even if you did do some root trimming, which you could do and put it back into the same vase, uh, never more than a third of any plant, right? So, I mean, you know, you certainly could trim back as much as a third of those roots if you wish. Yeah, at the roots, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you can't do much trimming at the top. It's just strictly at the bottom. But I could could just trim the roots. Yeah, you could. Yeah, and that would um, potentially lower it a tiny bit. It's you have yeah. to trim all the way around. Like you, you don't just sort of chop off the bottom third. Instead, oh, yeah, look at sort of the whole mass of roots and and consider kind of a, giving a trim all the way around. Okay. All right. Let all us know right. How thank that, you. Yeah, yeah. Let us know how that, that, that works out, Righty. Okay. And Righty, are you first time caller? Pardon me? Is this the first time you've called in? No, no. I called a few years ago about oh, okay. uh, my tomato plants and that, uh, no, my cucumber plants, which uh, were when they uh, start uh, when the blossom be, uh, became oh. a, a, a small cucumber. Oh, uh, and it was just sort of a, a centimeter or two long. It was gnawed at. Oh, right. I think uh, I remember. Okay, yes, indeed. Yep. Oh, well, good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for calling thanks back. Thanks for calling in. We're at uh, 9.38 here on uh, on the Garden Show. I think maybe we could take a little bit of a break now. Sure. We have a couple of callers waiting online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Alan in Elmira, just hang tight, as well as Mary in Richmond Hill. We'll come back and chat with you. Uh, Charlie Sugar will. I'll help along <laughs> as much as I can. Being the sous yes, chef of, of the garden. Of course, of course. All right, back in just a moment here on Zuma Radio, The Garden Show.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden along for the ride here, of course, Alan in Elmira. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Charlie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if uh, I could use my own potting mix for uh, starting seeds. I, I sterilize it in the microwave at uh, 200 degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, I get about uh, 50-50 uh, uh, compost and uh, peat moss. So I was wondering if I could use um, that for starting seeds. Okay, you could. The one thing that we always look for with a seed starting mix is a very, what we call a, a very fine tilth. So T I L T H. Tilth refers to the the particle size of the soil mix or yep, so, soilless mix. Fine. Yeah, so that'd be the one thing is I'd be make sure that the peat moss has been well shredded to a to a small. Yeah, I put it. I put it before I put it in the containers. I uh, put it through. Um, uh, through, I got a screen. Set oh, perfect. Up. Yep. With about a uh, quarter-inch screen, and uh, it gets a fairly fine. Yeah, because even with compost, I find it's you know you get chunks of things in there. Yeah, so no, you just want to avoid any chunks, and you should be able to. And remember, you can sterilize your soil uh, in the oven as well. You don't. You can go to the microwave or just bake oh, your soil yeah. in the oh. in the oven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I got an old microwave, and I, I use it. Oh, I put good. the the mix of pie mix in a. Ice cream container, and then uh, <laughs> cook up, up your to soil. Two hundred oh. degrees. Yeah. All right. So certainly, I and cool it down before you start oh, planting yeah, in yeah. it. No, no. But, um, but yeah, no. I, I I could see that that could work. I mean, it's going to kind of partially depend on what your compost has been made from, like what went into the compost. Most mostly leaves and uh, oh, perfect. Yeah, and yeah. garden waste or uh, not garden waste. Waste. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, with compost, we never really know what the value is in terms of the nutrient value. Yeah. Uh, so it's all. So don't do any fertilizing, and we never typically fertilize seeds anyway. They have what they need inside the seed, yeah. and seed like the soilless mixes we buy in the store traditionally have no uh, fertility about them whatsoever. They have no nutrient nutrient no. value. So that's why, you know, we know we're starting kind of at mm-hmm. zero, and then we start to grow our little seedlings, and then you can start to introduce fertilizer as they're growing. Yeah. Um, so in your case, you're going to have to just germinate the seeds and watch watch the growth, and at some point probably pull out some fertilizer, but not for the first month or more. Yeah. All right. And uh, one comment. Mm-hmm. I've, I phoned last last year about uh, my begonia uh, tubers mm-hmm. and they were fairly big so I asked about cutting them in two yeah so I would say about uh, two-thirds of them uh, were okay and the other third rotted okay yeah but, that because of that yeah. cut um, edge Do, see back in the day we used to dip uh, whenever we would cut anything like a, a tuber like that there would be a, a a fungicide, a powdered fungicide that we would dip the cut uh, section into just yeah. to try and protect from botrytis and, and various fungal diseases that will invade and mm-hmm. cause the rot. Yeah, I maybe didn't let them dry out enough either before I put them in the soil. Yeah, because that's the other thing is let them yeah. sit out for a couple of days till it's really dried down quite a bit because they, yeah. you know, they've got lots of moisture inside. 
Well, good. At least you had you were successful with two thirds, yeah. and you learned to leave it uh, leave a, leave them out <laughs> yeah. a little longer. <laughs> good stuff, Alan. Thank you very much for thanks. the call. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the update. Yeah. Take care of Elmira for us. That's mm-hmm. an interesting little thing, of, you know, to, to uh, sterilize your the uh, soil in the micro. And I'm thinking, you know, you take it out when it's really hot. You could maybe grow hot house tomatoes. No? Oh. <laughs> reaching. I'm reaching. Okay. <laughs> Just a minute. Let me reach for the bell. Hey. There you go. <laughs> That's for Mary in Richmond Hill. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good, Good morning. morning. Yeah, go ahead, dear. Yeah. Yes, I have a question. I live in a small condo, and I have a, about six pot of plants. It's not a big place, so I can't have too many. But I lately, about three or four months ago, Ago, I developed these little black little flies, mm-hmm. tiny little things. Before the winter, I plant, replanted some of my plants, and I bought some miracle grow soil and put them in a bigger pot because they were outgrowing the little one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I can't exactly tell which one these little flies are coming from. They're definitely not fruit flies. No, they because look a I lot don't like have a, anything out in a kitchen yeah. that would, you know, and they're bigger anyway. Yeah. And it's so annoying because I don't know which is the plant that <laughs> this is coming from. All right, so here's what you're going to do. You've got, it's good you've got not too many plants to deal with. So you've got, like you About said, six. About six pots yeah. all together, yeah. So you can discover which pots have the insects in them by picking up the pot and putting it down sharply on, back onto the table or the window ledge, wherever it is, or or banging the side of the pot with the heel of your hand, the palm of your hand. Okay. And if there are, these are called fungus gnats. So if there are gnats, fungus gnats in the pot, they will all fly up into a little cloud when you bang the pot down or you bang the side of the pot. So you will right away know which pots uh, are infested with this particular little pest. Okay. Bottom line is there's no insecticide that you're going to use or that is available to deal with that particular pest. Two things you're going to do. One is you're going to cut back on your watering. So you're going to water thoroughly when you water, but you're going to let the plants dry out more than you have been letting them dry out. So drying. Okay. So if you water every week right now, start watering every ten days or eleven days, so yeah, that there's I probably overwater them. Yeah. And well, and it's just that high level of moisture in the soil leads to fungus, and okay. that's what these insects are eating. So the more food you provide, the more insects you're going to have. Uh, so it's just one of those things by drying the pots out, less fungus. fewer fewer insects and then the other thing i find that works is available at your local garden center or home depot whatever is uh, something called sticky sticks so what is it sticky sticky and then sticks spelled s-t-i-x sticky sticks okay and a little package you'll find wherever they've got their various uh, uh, pest control um, products and these are just um, like the old flypaper idea so it's yellow plastic embedded with really sticky gluey stuff that you can stick this yellow paper onto a little stick and then the stick goes into each of the pots and Mm -hmm. when the little gnats fly up 
they're quite attracted to the color yellow, so they fly towards the yellow Bingo. and get yeah. stuck into all that gummy mm-hmm. stuff and cannot fly away to go and lay eggs. So it's not an instant uh, elimination of the insect, but it will... If you slow yeah, down in your watering, it. yeah. and, we'll and if probably you probably let me know which one is the one that have that yeah, little... and you may find that you've got some of these little gnats in all the pots. Maybe you know who knows. But either yeah. way, use some of those sticks, and within four to six weeks, you should have the the whole issue completely under control and see nothing else. See no oh, more. Okay. Right. The other question I have: Can you use like I used to? I think years ago, use like the dishwasher soap with oh. water. No. Uh, you know, like. Um, Maybe Four. quarter of that and then three-quarter of the water and spray the plants. Is that something I just heard and it's not uh, effective? And you're thinking of that to control these gnats? Yeah. Uh, you can do that, but it will not control the gnats. No, so, Okay. Yeah, remember when we mix up our dishwasher detergent with water, we're basically washing the plant. You're just giving the plant a shower. You will not kill the insects with detergent, number one, and you must coat their little bodies in order to kill them, and it must be soap and water. And Mary, uh, you almost had me out of the studio going to the wardrobe department and changing into my <laughs> patrolman outfit because you did squeeze in a second question. But that's there. actually but was connected. Yeah, it right? was. Yeah. It was. It, so she was just wondering if, if her <laughs> dish detergent would kill the fungus gnats, yeah. and the answer is no, no, okay. no. Alrighty. Thank you, Mary, very much. And don't be a stranger. You're always welcome here on the Garden Show. And we're going to come back and talk to another first time caller in just a couple of moments who's calling in from the Gravenhurst area. And we'll be along with that call in just moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 9.53 as I get that bell out again here. Oh, your arm is getting a workout. (laughs) I know. Joan in Gravenhurst, there you go. You have your bell and uh, welcome to the show. And your wings. Yeah. Good morning. Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm getting. I'm not getting a clear uh, oh, reception. There, there you go. Oh, okay. Thank you. Alrighty. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. I have started a bird of paradise from a seed. Oh my. Uh, well, actually, there were two seeds. I lost the one. I have put them in my closet, mm-hmm. and uh, because it had said to leave them in the dark, grow them in the dark, uh-huh. and uh, I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, cleaning out the closet, I found <laughs> growing, and here I had some sprouts. Oh, nice! Uh, so I lost the one. Now this is uh, the fifth year it's been growing, uh-huh. and it's roughly two and a half feet to uh-huh. three feet. Mm-hmm. And what I'm wondering is when will it start to bloom? I have it facing the east direction. I didn't know which direction to put it in. All right. So do you have a south window? South facing? Yeah, yeah, yes, no. Yes, I do have. Because a bird of paradise is a tropical plant that requires as much sun as you can possibly give it. You're kidding, and I'd be doing the opposite. Okay. (laughs) So more sun is a good idea. That, and you may end up with flowers. The, ch- the, the challenge is, is that inside our homes, the light levels aren't often high enough for the plant to bloom. Okay. So, um, and then there's the lack of humidity as well. These are plants that like bright light and high humidity. And, of course, our homes in winter are the opposite. So if once we're frost-free, I would be inclined to put that plant outside. 
Okay. Uh, now, of course, you're gonna when you first go outside, put it in the shade because yeah. if you go straight into the sun, you'll just burn the poor little thing up. So right. you'll start in the shade and you'll move it slowly but surely into a bright, sunny location outside. Give you know, give yourself about two weeks from shade to sun location. Now, do you leave it out there or you bring it in at night? No, no. Once we're frost free, oh, you yeah. can leave it out. Oh. But of course, by the end of August, um, or you know, watching the weather, you'll be bringing it back in in before we yeah. get some cold weather. Right. And when you bring it in, you'll give it as again the brightest possible spot in your house that you can. You now, should, what about fertilizing? Well, fertilize when it's actively growing, and it should be actively growing in the spring and summer. Okay. And if you put it out, you're going to find it'll love it outside so much, it'll grow a bunch. <laughs> it'll, <laughs> you know, the leaves will be bigger and greener, and the whole plant will be lusher. So you'll be, you water more when it's actively growing, and we definitely fertilize at the same time. Thank you so much, Charlie. I really appreciate this. Oh, you're very welcome. You may get a flower. You never know. Well, I'm going to pray that I do. (laughs) All right. Let us know how that works out. Have a happy day in Gravenhurst. Okay. Take care, Joan. Thank you for calling. Uh, On next line is Peggy calling in from Mississauga. Good morning, Peggy. Hi, Charlie Mm -hmm. and company. (laughs) (laughs) My question is so different from flowers and plants. I have a new bird feeder, Uh and the birds won't come near it. Oh, really? And they used to be flocking around the old one. So... I was was thinking you might have the answer. Well, okay, so it's new. So, like, brand new. Is it it a different design? Full of food since three weeks. And the birds are. And what kind of food have you got in there? The uh, the wild wild bird food that I've always used, yeah. and they've always come flocking around. And I mean, did you double check? That's not like the, they I can. I did. I checked. I thought maybe there were locks on it or yeah. something. There's and no nothing the blocking. There, the food is sitting there, and no birds. Well, you did the same. Frank, you said the same thing that you had your grandchildren make the pine oh, cones yeah, yeah. wrapped in pe- you know, rolled peanut in peanut butter. butter. And sunflower seeds. And seeds. And then yeah. hung, hung on the tree. And the squirrels got them. The squirrels got them yeah. and the birds didn't. Yeah. Because I find it, it is true. Like the birds, they have, like they don't need the world wide web because they have their own little web. Once one bird finds a bird feeder, yeah. They oh, tell everybody. Yeah. But until one bird finds, sometimes the, the feed can sit there for weeks. So it's always that kind of waiting for the first bird to find uh, okay. it. But I, I find it amazing. You're in the same location. Now, what is the design of the feeder quite different from it's the old? No, very similar. Bigger, oh, bigger because yeah. they emptied it out so fast. Oh. But uh, I was thinking, should I put something on it to attract them? I don't think that would work. What about um, put? you still have the old feeder? Yeah, but I, it... It's just, it, I couldn't even open it anymore because it was so old. Yeah, it just, yeah, it got old. Yeah, but anyways, hmm. the squirrels are there. Oh, well, you can always <laughs> feed the squirrels when all else fails. Oh, okay, I thought you'd have an answer, but that's okay. I, I, don't, I just ran it by you. Yeah, no, thanks for calling. I will see if I can come up with an answer because, yeah, I mean, I've certainly had issues where it takes a while for them to come, but why aren't they coming when they've already been in that location? I'm not sure. So uh, I will look into it and report back next week. Thank you, Peggy. Now, I don't know. Well, if we hurry along, maybe. Um, Tessie in Mississauga, a real quick question if you can. Hi there. Morning. Or is she all gone? Okay. Yeah, we're we're running right at a racetrack. That's why. Yeah, it happens. Uh, and yes, it does. But hey, uh, what an interesting show this morning. All sorts of various questions. Absolutely. All sorts of and areas. I just want to brag on your behalf oh. to our listeners that uh, your show called Theater of the Theater of the Mind is the number one ranked radio show in the GTA, the whole Toronto mm-hmm. area. 
like five nights a week for that time period. for that time period. Yeah. And what time is it on? From ten to eleven p.m. In yeah, in the evening. So yeah. number so you host. Wow, like I am in the the well greatness. I am well, just I, in the absolute presence <laughs> of of God. I think here, Frank is like pretty talented guy, and he he hosts the theater of the mind at well, ten p.m. I, uh, I love doing the show, mm-hmm. and I want to thank uh, Neil Headley, uh, our boss, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, program Frank. director. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for giving me a shout out yesterday, we had a big town hall meeting mm-hmm. and yesterday at the station. We a, you know, a lot of people, and uh, he gave me a shout out, which I really. But appreciate. you clearly deserve it. So well, congratulations! Thank you so much. And hey, tune in sometime, folks. From yeah. ten to eleven at night. That's right. <laughs> listen, all the old radio listen, shows you used to listen to way yeah, back when. I know that, and all those old sound effects yeah. and creaky this and yeah, doors yeah. opening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. Couldn't do this without you, Sebastian. Thank you, pal. Same with. Sebastian couldn't do without you and our great callers. So thank you to all our great callers, and we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.